0: Game awards coming up. <laughs> and once again, I have not been selected for gamer of the year. And I think that's pretty effed up, man. Do you put yourself up for that?
1: Or is it like, so you're approached.
0: I'm pretty sure it's like a MacArthur genius grant. Yeah. Where they just like tell you, like you get a call from Jeff Keighley, like, damn, you're such a gamer Griffin. Uh, I'm assuming I like, I've not gotten the call. Despite the fact that I think we can all agree that in 2021, I gamed about as hard as I possibly could.
1: Yeah, and do you think you're more of an overall gamer or, like, specific kind of gamer? I think
0: I'm well-rounded. I think that's what you gotta be if you wanna be Gamer of the Year. Yeah. Like, I play, you know, like, I, uh... Match threes? Match three, FIFA. I do, I go to all the FIFA tournaments and I win them all. Yeah. Overwatch and the other one. Final
1: Fantasy. There it is. You, That's it. Those are all the games.
0: Do you know what I mean? There's really know? no
1: argument. Slime. The slime games. Oh, that might be why you weren't selected is because of the slime games.
0: And then I uh, you know, crokinole. Like what's <laughs> it gonna what's it gonna
1: take? <laughs> Claw machine. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know, man. Someday.
0: It's just what it, what's miss what's missing? Is you, it You is said it,
1: Crokinole, so I really can't think of anything I, else. And, and
0: you know, and this is why I think it's just a popularity contest.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do.
0: But I'm pretty fucking popular. That doesn't make sense either. Just not with Jeff Keighley,
1: I guess. Yeah, we do have some beef, though. Yeah, he hates your fucking guts. (laughs) Yeah, he does. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best games of the season. My name is Russ Frostchick, and I know the best game of the week. You, Kirk, you, you can say it if you want. Yeah, you do, it, do it, do Kirk. It. Go My wild. name
2: is Kirk Hamilton,
0: and I know my favorite games of the fall. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Besties. It's a book club for games. And if you, by just by listening, you're a member, and we do it year round. Uh, this is the besties. It is. Wait, this is a book club for? you? I thought this was a video game club. And just by listening, you remember. I didn't think it was a book. club. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a book. Bu- it's a book. Bu- it's you can change. It's you can do it different every time. That's I the best see. thing okay. about the podcast is that when your brother's gone, <laughs> you know how in a lot of podcasts when your brother is not uh, present, yes, you yes. have to you do you can do it wrong. And this one, it's just like jazz, baby. Mm. Do you know anything about jazz, Kirk? A little bit, just a little bit. I'm trying to learn more <laughs> always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this week, we are not talking about a specific game because we are in this weird quiet. It's the calm before the storm that is Halo. Well, and, and also game
1: of the year, I feel like. And <laughs>
0: yeah, also we, yeah, we're whipping up our game of the year stuff. A lot of, I would say, uh, poorly scheduled, pretty big late contenders that I don't know that we figured out how we're going to talk about yet. Hmm. Although I'm sure if we don't have time for... Final Fantasy 14 and Walker discussion that would not break the hearts of 75% of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh this week we are spending a little bit of time looking back over the past quarter uh by discussing the games of the fall. How how deep back are we going? It didn't necessarily establish
1: that. Yeah, I so my attitude was like I don't know, like I I I told Kirk, I said if there was anything that like late summer came in and you yeah. wanted to include that, go for it. We've been doing this more or less every quarter this year where we sure. like kind of do a look back and some of the games that we've talked about, just like our favorite picks from the last, let's say, three months. Okay. And um, so that's more or less where I sort of boxed it in. And okay. obviously, a lot of this stuff will also appear in Game of the Year. But here we want to make sure that we're just focusing on this chunk of the year to uh, hammer home whether we've got them all. Right. Mm.
0: I, und- I feel you. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Maybe some some gems that we missed out on uh, just after the break. So stick, keep it, don't touch that dial. It's got jam on it.
1: This episode of The Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting auraframes.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code besties. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, promo code besties. Terms and conditions apply. Before we hop into the games themselves, I do want to yep. introduce our audience to the lovely and talented Kirk Hamilton. Hey. Um so, Kirk has his very own video game podcast. It's true. That he hosts with Matty Myers and Jason Schreier, also friends of the besties. Uh, that is called Triple Click. You also have a podcast about music Called Strong Songs, which I've long been a fan of. It's so it's so good, Kirk. Uh, I've never had a chance are, to tell you to your face. That,
2: that is super awesome show. to hear. Yeah, I, I um Russ will uh, occasionally text me musical questions and just things, which is which is very fun. But Griffin, that's awesome that you listen to. Uh, that, that makes me very
0: yeah, happy. It's, it's a very it's a very good show about songs. That are powerful songs. Yes, it really is. It really does it right there on the tin, as Kendall Roy says,
1: "just the bangers, just the bangers." That's our
2: that's our sort of subhead on strong songs.
1: Kirk, is there anything else uh, that you are working on right now that we should be aware of, or is it all secretive? I'm
2: working on the guitar fretboard and understanding what notes are what on the fretboard, (laughs) which is something that I've just finally decided that I'm going to do because I've played guitar for a long time, but I play other instruments too, and so that's the main thing I'm working on right now. And it's breaking my brain. You didn't know the brain. notes? Well, like, I know the notes. Like, I know the chords. But I can't just, like, play you every single A up and down the fretboard and then play mm. you every single C. And I I'm... gotta
1: be real. I'm surprised to learn that there's more than one A. There are so many A's. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many A's there are. It's wild. <laughs> so I,
2: like, know the notes and I can play a lot of stuff. But it's very easy with guitar to fall into just playing shapes and not really think about the notes that you're playing. And I've been yep. just yeah. forcing myself to say out loud. Like, I'm playing chord inversions just up the neck. And I'm like, A. A, F sharp, D, F sharp, A, you know, like trying to make my brain attach the meaning to the shape. And it's a, it's really a trip. It's been, it's been hard. So that's the main thing I'm working on other than Strong Songs and Triple Click.
1: It'll happen. I believe in you, Kirk. Slowly but surely, yeah. yes.
2: I've been making progress. It's been fun.
1: We should also note that Kirk, for a very long time, worked at Kotaku. I did, um, that's true. He was a, uh, wh- what would you You said that like it was a big, there?
0: like you were surprised, like, he worked at Kotaku?! It, it's what? the kind
2: of thing that surprised people. Like the the students in my jazz band at high school that I taught before that would have actually been surprised about that job. So in <laughs> yeah, some ways, it was a kind of surprising job.
1: And I that's was true. surprised when I found out you were uh, a music teacher. When so afterwards, so you gotta keep on guessing. That's kind of the sure. key is to, to have do.
2: secret things up your sleeve that you surprise people with.
1: But we don't give a fuck about music on this episode. Nerd.
0: No, that's that's a touchy feely nerd shit. We
1: like guns mm-hmm. with shoot. guns shoot <laughs> shoot quest chainsaw guns especially yeah. those are the best yeah. Really,
2: the best kinds of guns uh, guns that are uh, also really, other yeah. weapons
1: any anything
0: cliff Lazinski's up to
1: you know, <laughs> know what i mean jazz jackrabbit three speaking of jazz um i asked uh both kirk and griffin and myself to bring uh our favorite picks of the last he looked th- at the mirror
0: and he said russ
1: i'm gonna need you to do this for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, mission
1: accomplished. I, yeah. I thought, given that you're the guest, we'd start with Kirk. What, Kirk, what are some of your favorite picks of the last several months?
2: Well, so I, I'm in a weird place because I've been actually playing a lot of games from forever ago now, and I'm feeling sort of paralyzed about recent games, but I'm not going to mention all of those games that I, like Resident, or no, not Resident Evil, um, like Metal Gear Solid Five or uh, Death Stranding, like old things that are back out on PS5. Like, I've spent a lot of my time playing games that aren't from the fall. So
0: that's where a lot of I my have, time has I have been too. spent. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Right. I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat because I have not necessarily resonated with a lot of this this season's games that has really knocked everybody else's socks off. So Yeah, I so still, I've, you know. I'm
2: back on Inscription, which I know, Russ, you're going to talk about that. So but that game is great. But I just sort of, even that, there was just this period of time where I'd try to play it And then I'd think, you know, I don't really want to do that. And then I'd find myself playing, like, Ghost of Tsushima or whatever. So a lot of my time has been spent on that. But there are a few games from the fall that I wanted to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about Resident Evil 4 VR, which I know you guys talked about some. But I want to talk about it some more for a few different reasons. And the first thing, though, Griffin. Okay. Yeah. So when you talked about this on the show, you said that you really like this, which I agree. It's it's really good. It's really slick. But that you didn't like Half
0: Life Alex, and that yeah. kind of blew my mind. That's given what how I'm similar saying. It's crazy. Uh, 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 they are they are similar. I will I will grant you that in the sense that they are you know both first first person action games. Here's the thing. Alex is by any metric like a better game. Uh, because while Resident Evil 4 is like fun to play and like a really cool VR adaptation, it is it is an adaptation of a mm-hmm. hundred year old, like pretty clunky game that has been, uh, again, in a fun arcadey way, sort of retrofit for VR in a way that Alex was, you know, primarily designed for it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that Alex Alex was a cool game where you could like pick up a bottle of water and then drink it and then like shove it in a toilet tank and put a bomb <laughs> in it. Like all that shit you could do. There are all these physical interactions that <laughs> Resident Evil 4 just doesn't have. But I just didn't think it was very
1: fun. So... I, st- I still think you pulled the... Pull the plug on Alex too early I still think you I should go back I got a decent chunk of it
0: yeah I'll, 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 I will maybe one day and go back
1: and play I'm struck by the
2: similarity playing RE4 VR which I started a couple days ago um, and I played both of them I should say on a quest 2 wirelessly because you can play Alex wirelessly from your PC if you sort yeah, of set crazy. it up right which is kind of the only way to play VR these days. Like I think back to playing, you know, on the OG Rift, sort of plugged in with this huge cable running out of my back, like banging yeah. around into the walls, and just how awful of an experience that was and how much better this is. And it's really nice that RE4 is just on the Quest. I actually, that even that is nicer than having to turn my PC on and get it working and sort of update the side Quest thing or whatever it is to make the... The quest works. So it's really nice that it's self contained. And I actually do appreciate how it's simpler than Alex. Like, I, I get that you could play Alex and be like, oh my God, like, there's so much physics in here, there's so many little objects, there's just so much going on. It's kind of a lot of business. Where in Resident Evil 4, it's really simple and you're just shooting zombies and it's just sort of the basic fun of, well, fun, (laughs) the basic very intense experience of having a guy coming at you slowly while you're aiming at him and then like reloading your gun and pulling back the, you know, the lever to get the bullet into the chamber and like, you know, kind of panicking. And they both are very similar in that way. It's just Alex has way more going on. It just struck me how much Half-Life Alex owes to Resident Evil and specifically to Resident Evil 4 and how interesting it is that the next good First-person VR game, I should say, at least that I've played, is right. Resident Evil Four. Since yeah. the one before that was Half-Life: Alex. Like maybe VR is just particularly, you know, attuned to this kind of experience right now.
1: Well, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do like you're not r- necessarily having to run. You, you know, you could play it with teleport movement, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, the movement is not the thing. It's more you're standing in place and taking shots at something. Yeah, um, I think is part of it. Because you're right, like, gameplay-wise, the minute-to-minute is very similar between the two. Mm -hmm. If Resident Evil 4 had had a little bit more, like, Boneworks
0: DNA, which in, like, Hmm. my opinion, I don't know that... Boneworks is probably, like, my top five favorite VR games, but, like, uh, I, I don't think anyone could argue, like, the way that it handles motion and climbing and the very physical feel of, like, you know... Stabbing a, a mannequin in the head with a you know a pickaxe or something like that, like it feels pretty much right, I mm-hmm. guess in a way that like uh, Resident Evil Four doesn't even try to go. No, that you th- just slash the knife yeah. across the guy. There's no touch or feel or reaction to it, whatever. You just hear like, Wah! and you know that they have been, <laughs> they have been hit for a certain amount of. Y- you hit also points. can't eat
1: a chicken egg, which I again tried to do and it didn't right. work. So that would be nice.
0: Yeah, but man. <laughs> It's fun. It's still fun. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that it's an
2: adaptation of an older game kind of, it like limits it to the VR stuff is just the basic part of the game. You know, you're not dealing with all this extra stuff. Like when you get hit, it doesn't even bother showing you get hit or it kind of just fades to black for a second and you take a hit or cutscenes and QTEs like play out in little screens. And it's not actually that jarring. Maybe it like reveals the limitations of VR by leaning into the things that VR is very good at. But um, mm-hmm. I'm very impressed by it. I think it's a really cool. It's a really cool thing. I wonder if this will be. I've never finished Resident Evil 4. I've started it on so many oh, different. Man. Platforms. Oh man! Oh yeah, dog! It's definitely a big blind spot. So maybe this will be the way that I play it. And maybe I that, believe in you. Maybe that won't even count. Uh, How far have you uh, gotten?
0: Wait. Just out of curiosity, because that's a game that like chapter to chapter changes. Tone. I'm in like the village showdowns. Oh, oh. beginning. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it gets it gets silly. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I've gotten farther. I think on PC was the farthest I got. I never played on Wii. I like the aiming with a mouse. The aiming always kind of gets me with a thumbstick, so it is nice that the VR version lets you actually
1: aim, Yeah, uh, which which helps the game a lot for me anyway. Um, Uh, I noticed here you put a Deathloop, which is... um, I wouldn't say interesting because obviously everyone was sort of bowled over by Deathloop when it first came out, but for me it has a little has kind of diminished since I stopped mm-hmm. playing it so I'm curious what your perspective is.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to put this because I think I think it's a really interesting game. It was definitely one of my favorite games of the year. Anyone who listens to Triple Click knows that I love this kind of immersive simi game. I love Arcane games and Dishonored and Prey and all of that. Um, and I've really come to enjoy this game now as I've gone back to it and tried to get some of the achievements, mm. which is a very, very fun thing to try to do. Yeah, I did the same
1: thing. It was a blast.
2: Yeah, so that it's just lingered for me in the way that Hitman 3 also continues to linger for me, where a lot of the fun of the game is just repeating things over and over again. I almost wish the narrative layer were gone now, now that I'm playing it that way, since yeah. Hitman makes it so minimal, and the narrative kind of... Lost me a little bit at the end, which I think is a fairly common take about this game. Is just w- once I got really into the lore of all of this and what's going on in the character motivations, I was kind of like, ah, this makes me care
0: less <laughs> than I yeah. did when it was even Even compared vague. to other arcane games, like mm-hmm. especially Dishonored, you could kind of just shut that part of your brain off, if you wanted to, and yeah. just have a, just have a silly time at a fancy party. Yeah, I'd say Dishonored uh, is their strongest narrative,
2: where Prey also really falls apart toward the end, yeah. um, and then Moon Crash, which has a lot in common with Deathloop, and Deathloop really owes a lot to, did better by kind of removing the narrative as well, but man, when you start getting into trying to get some of those achievements, you know, kill just the targets with no weapons, you know, without taking damage or just all these other these other really tricky things that you're trying to do, it turns into that experience of It's kind of in the main game where you're playing the same thing over and over again and really trying to perfect it. But it gets closer to the Hitman Escalation missions that I love so much that almost nobody does. But those are like the best thing in that game where first you have to kill the target. Then you have to kill the target this specific way. And then without this, you know, weird contingency. And then it keeps getting more and more complicated until it starts to feel like Hitman Go almost where there's just one path through and you have to really nail it. So Deathloop does that too. And... Arcane has actually updated this game on PC a few times where it didn't run very well for me when I actually played through it, which bummed yeah. me out. But um, I appreciate now it runs really well. I kind of wish I'd waited. And they've also like increased en- the like enemy AI and made it so you get spotted faster and sort of just made the game a little bit more polished and a little tougher, actually, which I also appreciate. Mm. So, yeah, I've been playing it again. It's it's one of, definitely one of my
1: favorites of the year. And uh, the last one you mentioned on here is a game that we talked about on Resties specifically. I know Mm -hmm. Griffin, I'm pretty sure, Griffin, you haven't touched it, which
0: is the Outer Wilds. Yeah, it's so wild because that was my favorite game, uh, you know, the year it came out. But I am having the fucking hardest time (laughs) stepping back into Outer Wilds, and I do not know what it is. I think that's totally understandable. I think it's because I invested, like, uh, all of my gaming time for, like, a month into that game, and I mastered it right like i mm-hmm. knew everything about that world and exactly what time things happen and what the interactions were and so i really just sort of seeped into like the the incredible pleasure of that game uh because there is so much cool stuff to explore and to know and, and that's all gone from my brain now um and that idea of trying to like get back in there just seems like i don't know it's the same way i feel about mmos i can never play wow again because there's everything's different uh, and and I've forgotten everything about the game. Yeah, I but it is,
1: I mean, it's worth considering and Kirk, I'm sure you'll speak to this, that the expansion echoes of the eye is entirely self-contained. So all the information that you learned previously is more or less worthless.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, it's, I, yeah. So
1: I think that's totally understandable just
2: because I had that experience too. We played this for a triple click a bonus episode that we did that was just like spoilers for this game. And it's kind of the best way to talk about it. So I'll be pretty vague here because, you know, if you yeah. spoil what happens in this game, it kind of – that's the whole game, right? Is finding out right. what's going on. But, yeah, I, I did have that experience picking it back up just because – Outer Wilds, you construct that game in your own head. You know how, like, because the remarkable thing about it is that nothing in the game changes from the first time you play it until, like, your 27th hour on your final time through. It's the exact same game. It's just that you've completely changed your understanding of it. And so that structure you built in your brain kind of deteriorates over time, or at least mine did, because I'm now old and my brain doesn't work anymore. And I just came back to Outer Wilds and was just kind of at a loss just for the controls and for how everything worked. I found myself just really struggling to get back into that headspace, and it took a little while. And then once I got there, which it kind of clicks at a certain point in Echoes of the Eye, you have these, a couple major revelations about this new area you're exploring. And then pretty soon you're like back to charting things out and figuring, making these mental maps and now i again have this sort of amazing understanding of it um, from top to bottom and it's so good i think it's, it's so just good. incredibly incredibly good and more than anything it just makes me really happy that there's this team of brilliant young game developers out who who made this game at Mobius Digital that they could do it again, that they made Outer Wilds and that they were just like, okay, let's just do that again (laughs) and then they did. And it's like lightning in a bottle twice, which just means that these people are just super, super good at what they do. Yeah, they're (laughs) just really good and that's (laughs) cool. It just, it doesn't feel like anything else and I really think it's a special thing and just, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it.
1: You know what kills me is Outer Wilds definitely would have won our game of the year that year, if I was physically able to play it at that yeah, point. Yeah, man, that's tough. Did it not it, uh, win? I think Sekiro was our pick for that year. I mean, oh, look, never mind. That game I, kicks it's ass. It's a really too. good game. <laughs> I mean, it's not as but Sekiro for me
0: is not as special, at least now. Looking I think back, yeah. as Outer Wilds. Like Outer Wilds, Outer Outer Wilds is, is a really one single generation game. kind yeah. of game. Yeah. I, I I did not sort of jot down my picks here. And now I am saying that Russ has uh, taken at least one of mine. <laughs> uh, can I talk about Metroid Dread? Like yeah, I you yeah, sure. all oh, let's of, talk I talk about like
2: Metroid it, Dread, yeah.
0: It's it's definitely a front runner for for me for the whole year because god, I I this is a big statement. I feel kind of the same way about it as I did like the first time I played um like Hollow Knight yeah. where I just thought about it for a long time even after I had finished it. Be, that that game is just so top to bottom cool. Uh I think that's the thing that like my main takeaway from it. I it it, it is in a lot of categories that I kind of measure Metroidvania games by, it doesn't necessarily get top marks like uh, map map design and pacing and flow. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there were some there were some issues there, but the very few times that I managed to counter one of those big shithead robots <laughs> and get away from it, uh, every time that you know you you beat the little mini boss to get the super powerful charged up laser that you managed to finally kill one of those shithead robots with. Like it that game doesn't have a lot of tricks, but the tricks it does have are so good and so exciting and scary in a way that like not not just Metroid games, but like most Nintendo games are are not. Uh it had me howling with like glee in a way that like beating a Dark Souls boss uh does. Um it's it that game is just so cool and it unfolds in a way that is uh, and, and has a narrative that is compelling in a way that like Metroid hasn't done for me. Uh, it's hard. Like the way that it handles difficulties is, is so smart. Um, I think it all just comes together to, I don't know, put together a package that is just really,
1: really neat. It's yeah. just neat. And I like it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because this happens a fair amount when we get to a game of the year territory where we have, you know, Maybe we have the, like, super original game, or maybe we have, like, the really well-crafted game, whatever. And there's almost always the game that is a sequel, but it is the best version of that Hmm. game series ever. And it's always a question of, like, how much are we rewarding, like, true total originality versus, like, total refinement.
0: Wasn't it the first season of the, like, the first Goatee that we did for the show was, I think, Dishonored versus uh, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds? Yes, I think that's right. Hmm. And it's like, that's a tough one. Because Link Between Worlds is, when it came out, it was the most exciting Zelda game since God knows, like... How, how long it had been since a, a Zelda game had come out that like really set the world on fire. But on the other hand, Dishonored is was so clever and 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 good. And we're definitely going to have that conversation again this year. That so, is yeah. an
2: interesting one because Dishonored was also kind of picking up the thief torch and being the first immersive mm-hmm. sim in a long time. Yeah, and it was sure. exciting in a similar way. Even though they're, of course, very, very different uh, in, their, I, in
0: terms of their meta-narrative. Unless there's some like seeding, you know... Mishap, I feel like it's going to be Metroid Dread and Inscription, and we're going to be just like right in the same That's a tough again. one. Well, it's so <laughs> right? it's
2: interesting. I know that the two of you both um, also love Hollow Knight, which I love too, and was kind of the first Metroidvania-style game that really knocked me out because I didn't actually play that many Metroid games when I was a kid. Dread is so interestingly different from Hollow Knight. That's always going to be the thing that I think of. When I think of the game, the pacing is just so dramatically different. Hollow Knight is this long exploration, this contemplative experience. You're kind of getting lost underground. Sometimes you're not sure where to go. You're wandering around. The map is so huge. It's like a 60 to 100-hour game. Metroid Dread is like 15 hours max, and you're done. Everybody played that game in a weekend, and it's just such a, like, punch of a game. Like it just yeah it's It's, so relentless. Yeah it's a sprint to the finish. And I wasn't honestly I wasn't expecting that. And as I was playing it, I just kept being like, this is so different from the energy I was expecting, but I love this. I love that it's so different that it has such a strong identity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um Um, two games that I want to talk about. We talked about one of them a second ago inscription. Um I still feel very strongly that like the more information that is uh shared about this game the less impactful it is. So I'm going to say very little, apart from saying, if you still haven't played Inscription, uh, it's definitely, definitely worth playing by pretty much anyone. Uh, (laughs) If you're remotely interested in, like, (laughs) creative games, it is a wild, wild experience that I will will not Can
0: I frame a conversation about Inscription? And this is one that I've been wanting to to have, and maybe it's better done off off the air. You tell me if it's getting too close to spoilery Mm. for for you. The gameplay... Uh, changes right like the core loop of what the game is changes at a certain point like it doesn't it doesn't right okay yes but it changes enough Mm -hmm. that it it is recognizably different yes and kind of similar to uh outer outer wilds for me like when i hit that point i wasn't i was not wild about having to learn a new like game right i wasn't wild about like oh Mm -hmm. well some of the things i knew is is irrelevant and now you know it's this new thing like there's a lot that changes that is cool but then when i started to play after the after the change uh i i kind of lost the the momentum a bit
1: Mm -hmm. uh so i don't know if that's something you all had and got over or what i here's what i'll say that part that you're at is in my opinion the weakest part of the game okay i think it does get better but you should stick with it if you if you found yourself bouncing off of it i'm sure justin would strangle you to ensure that you would play it and or die <laughs> this so is, this is
0: a, this year though has been so weird because i feel like there haven't been a ton of like knockout games but there is a quantity like surplus here where if i hit any friction with a game i'll just bounce over to one of the like 50 games that came out that are good that i haven't played yeah uh, and inscription, I think, suffered from
2: that. Well, inscription has some friction, right? I mean, I've I've found so I'm beyond what the part that you're talking about, and also do think you should stick with it, partly because I get back into the groove of it whenever it shifts on me, which is it is shifting from the very beginning, right? It's constantly yeah. changing the rules on you and surprising you. And for a long time you're like, Am I not supposed to understand how this game works? Like because right. you're kind of getting these cheap deaths and it, you know, it sort of cheats almost. And then you figure out how to kind of Go, You know how to play it. And it's just constantly being flexible enough to change, which does sometimes feel like a lot of friction when it's like, oh, I could just go play Ghost of Tsushima and kind of go clear out another outpost and get in a cool sword fight instead of being kind of challenged in this way. So I I understand that feeling, though I found that when I do stick with it, I get in the groove and I really like the card game. Like I just each time find myself getting really into the deck I'm building and, you know, how I'm how I'm going to win and the strategy of it.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I I know I will get into it. It's uh, and in fact I think I have sort of a uh, limited window to do so now because everybody's going to be talking about it during GoD season. Yeah, so I think that's a yeah, safe bet. I'll, I'll I'll get in there. I have a game. I don't know if Kirk has played it yet. It's Death Gambit Afterlife. I haven't. Is this this is a new game? Uh, Death Gambit came out in 2018. Okay. Afterlife came out in I want to say September. What's the difference? And it overhauls the game like okay i've got it downloaded uh, i didn't
2: realize that it was that it was a new version of the game
0: yeah it adds a ton of new areas uh it like changes the sort of like balancing it adds a bunch of new items and uh it's i never played the original i only played afterlife but uh it's it is astounding it is so good it is the best uh sort of souls-like game that i have played i i can't remember the last time i played a souls-like game that i like really 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 stuck to like this uh it's like the combat is mechanically satisfying the you know character crafting is super satisfying the the world design and narrative is just as sort of uh arcane as as a good souls game is I finished it and got a sort of unsatisfying ending. So I went right back with and just played through the game with a different build and it was totally different and got a completely different ending that was much longer and had like a lot more to say. So I beat this game like twice in the wow. span of a couple weeks. It's it is it is so so good, and I think uh, anybody who likes action games or especially Souls like games are are should should definitely play it. Nice. It's not like the most surprising game, right? It's not like that's fine though, a little, right? Yeah, here's a little. You just want another gem- one of those. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like uh, I remember the first time I played Dead Cells, and I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is really good. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way about Death Gambit, partially because they look very
2: similar. Yeah, they do have a kind of similar vibe. Yeah. Alright, Russ, sorry.
1: Okay, so the last game that I want to talk about, and I've talked about this previously on the show, as has Plant, is Forza Horizon 5. Yeah. Kirk, I know that you really like Forza Horizon 5. How do we convince Griffin that this is a game that he should be playing?
2: I don't know. It's tough if people aren't into cars. And,
1: and I'm like... not into cars.
2: No, I know. Not... I, I think that it, it's it works, right? That pitch works for it because you don't have to really, you just have to be into like having a good time in a video game <laughs> to just like Forza fucking, or, like, Horizon 5. Just like
1: cruising on, uh, across like a Desert in Mexico and like jumping off
2: yeah. giant
1: sand dunes and shit. It's so much fun. It's got such a good vibe.
2: I've been thinking about the vibe of this game. I think, given how everyone is so depressed and COVID exhausted and sort of isolated. There's just something about playing a game where you're invited to this big festival and everyone's always talking about how much fun they're having and you're like the most special person there. And it's just (laughs) this big party and it's always like, we're having so much fun. And it's all kind of forced and very corporate and it's sort of, but in a way that almost feels safe. It's really hard to totally articulate the vibe of this game but I find it very calming.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of SSX. I think they both mm. franchises have a very similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it does a very good job of just making, letting you craft the experience that you want to play. It doesn't force you down paths of like, oh, I don't want to do drag racing, so you just don't do drag racing. Yeah. There's like 16 other events you could be doing. Um, very satisfying, constantly unlocking new shit, and also like doesn't feel greedy in the way that like, you know a lot you know halo infinite for example has gotten a lot of shit lately mm-hmm. for its like battle pass and like oh you have to buy every single color for your armor and whatever and granted that's free to play so it's a different story but you know I, it feels like forza is constantly tossing you cars to unlock and all the customizations you're making to the car are all like in-game currency you don't have to like real money buy anything if you don't want to um it's, it's great. Um, I, I, I really, really adore it. Um, and definitely think anyone who is like quasi- almost slightly into racing games should just check it out and play it for two hours and if it doesn't hook you by then don't worry about it
2: yeah it's just like a fun thing yeah i'm scared it will hook me. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm, understandable I'm noticing,
0: <laughs> I'm noticing a pattern in like all of the games that are making my goatee list uh save maybe for monster hunter rise like i think i'll always find time in my life i'll always find time on my plate for a, a heaping help and of monster hunter oh griffin are you gonna uh, play that
2: again when it comes out on pc or no
0: not on PC, but I'll play yeah. the, the DLC for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean I, I, yeah, I, I I only play it mostly on the switch. That's not true. I played Monster Hunter World in a few different places, yeah, I've but on PC. Uh, I don't have I I my life is buck wild right now, mm-hmm. and honestly, it has been since my my second son was born, and uh, I have not really had much of a appetite for big ass big long games, and so I think I feel like that's why I'm a little sort of hesitant about forza 5 is i i feel like i've played a lot of forza games for a couple hours before and not necessarily
1: i don't feel like that's the right way to do it, it it's, it's, it's I not really know honestly, wrong i do that. that too. is the right way to play yeah. these games there's no beating forza like you could i guess beat every event ever but right. for me i just like oh i've got 30 minutes i'm gonna do a couple races and dick around like it's not a it's not a uh, intimidating prospect yeah, and
2: that's fair. since it's on Game Pass, you can really just play a few hours of it. Only play a few hours of it ever, and that's kind of fine because mm. it's just on Game Pass. Like it's it's not it doesn't have that buy-in of you have to think of it as this massive hundred-hour experience
0: because you bought it for you know seventy bucks or whatever it costs. Yeah, which is also kind of nice. if I if I swore off Destiny. Like I'm not playing Destiny all the time, but like in my mind, that is my time suck game. I feel like if I put that one to bed, maybe I could put,
1: swap put it, it to bed. Griffin. Yeah, it might, be,
2: it
0: might be time. <laughs> As <laughs> For a former <laughs> Destiny uh, hardcore Destiny, but that, player. meanwhile, you've got
1: Final Fantasy fucking waiting in the wings. So yeah, that great. is true.
0: Oh God, I haven't played that in a while either. That's that one's gonna kill me.
1: Okay, whatever. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, wow, this episode's gone long.
3: RocketMoney.com slash besties. You go
4: get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you've got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know, who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars, for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
0: Uh, all right, we got some we got some letters from back home, by which I mean our listeners asked us some questions, uh, or we asked them a question, which was, "What are some fall deep cuts?" Let's see. Capital Madman says Super Auto Pets has kept my attention through the last few weeks. It has that deck builder quality mixed with Monster Batlin. I haven't heard of or played this game.
1: Yeah, I saw a couple streamers playing. I know Northern Lion on YouTube has been playing Super Auto Pets. I haven't played it. Um, It does seem like a Justin game insofar as there's definitely like a card battler aspect to it, as well as like, I think, a progression system that seems like Justin would really dig. But I've heard good things and very highly rated on Steam, so something must be clicking i that
0: unrelated but i did not realize that next month they are releasing a like remake of monster the original monster hunter one and two like the true playstation like original monster the one that you put the cds in apparently obviously you can't put cds in your nintendo switch but uh they will have some sort of database i guess that you can draw monster rancher Oh, what did I say? I think you said Monster Hunter. You oh did. fuck. No. What a I was very what a dummy. Yeah, sorry, it's Monster Rancher. Huh? Yeah, I uh I am excited to play. I don't remember Monster Rancher except putting in, you know, the crash album from Dave Matthews band and getting the like, cool <laughs> dragon or whatever. Uh yeah. I don't know if it'll still be novel. Uh Alex says, I cannot believe y'all still haven't talked about Deltarune even in passing. Surprised it wasn't a whole episode. That's fair. Yeah, that's that yeah, that's is fair. A, have, I've, have you played it?
1: Either of you played mm-hmm.
0: it? No, yeah. I played. Uh, yeah, I mean, I played chapter one, and I started yeah. chapter two, but chapter two came out like the same week as a bunch of shit, including a bunch of stuff that we were going to be talking about for besties for the next couple episodes. So I missed it, and I just haven't come back to it, despite the fact that like Undertale is one of my favorite games ever yeah same Uh... I didn't finish chapter
2: one I kind of struggle with the episodic thing like part of me just wants to play the whole thing even though yeah people write into strong songs all the time about the music they're like talk about some deltrian music the music in the you know in in the original game uh, in undertale is so incredible
1: I want to play it but I kind of am just hesitant because it's not finished right if like If someone were to offer me like, oh, you can play the first three hours of Haunted Chocolatier, a game that I am dying to play, I would not do it because I'd rather just play the full thing. It's why I like have a tough time with some early access stuff. That's fair. I I I feel like I play through chapter one of Deltarune and I think it stands
0: alone. Yeah, I guess that's my question. Yeah, is is, is Um, if it stands alone. I feel almost like chapter two, like I I am so looking forward to it that i want to like feel like i'm playing it and i have time Mm. to like really to you know really dive deep maybe that's a shitty excuse i i want to play the game i know uh, that feeling that's that that but it's it's yeah um let's see ye old andy man says uh, i haven't really heard anyone talking about uh kina bridge of spirits despite it being one of the most visually and audibly stunning games this year
1: yeah i haven't played it um, but I have heard the critical reception about this game, and the general consensus is it is one of the most gorgeous like games yet released. Um, yeah, I have also heard that it's like not as totally special from a gameplay standpoint, and that's been something that is like scaring me away a little bit. Just because I'm like, again, where it's so busy. There's just so many games to play that if something isn't not like particularly outstanding i probably will just bounce off of it but i have heard really really good things so maybe i'll check it out this year is wild man because i
0: feel that i'm just to read the next email from ethan i think you guys should give sable a look it's very chill incredibly beautiful and the soundtrack by japanese breakfast is a stunner i've also yes i have also heard really good stuff about about sable it feels like in past years like you get three or four of of these Of of like the deeper cut stuff, yeah. That like is is aesthetically like it's good in a different way than a lot of other games are good that Mm -hmm. year. But I feel like for whatever reason, like just the last couple months have it's it's just been a a a tidal wave of all of these of all of these titles, and so you get to oh a tidal wave that's fun, (laughs) Uh, and so it almost feels like you have to you have to you know pick and choose. Because uh, you still got to be a real gamer and play Halo, right? You do. You still have to be a real gamer and check out the new Madden. And so, you know, how do I squeeze these indies in between all of my cool FIFA seshes? I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's especially tough with a game where I'll hear, oh, it's kind of a game where you fight off purple stuff. This is back to Kenna or Kena Bridges' spirit. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's you, you fight off a purple corruption and it's got, it's like pretty much like other games, even though I know people tend to love games like that. Like uh, Ghost of Tsushima was this way or Mad Max or games that are just like, okay, it's an open world game. It's kind of predictable. But then over time, you kind of come to appreciate how it was just a good game and it was fun. It's just kind of harder
1: to play it right now when there's right. a bunch of stuff that yeah. feels
2: kind of urgent because it's it's more groundbreaking or more buzzy or something.
1: Yeah, I dug Sable for what it's worth. I played it on Xbox. Um, yeah, I want to play it. I have it downloaded. It, when I play, I have, I, this might have changed. When I played it initially, it did not run great which was really disappointing because it's absolutely gorgeous. And the soundtrack, as they mentioned, is amazing. But um, I'm hopeful. I keep meaning to go back to it just to see if the stability is better mm, because yeah. I really, really dug what I played. It was like Breath of the wild and but with this really cool line art style.
0: It's it's Maybe it's just a symptom of having done this arbitrary game of the year process now for <laughs> ten, ten, 10 years or however long we've been doing Besties. But there's just been this like tremendous flattening of the playing field. Yeah. That has been like especially intensified over the last couple of years. Maybe it's it, it is like directly COVID related. Where there are a lot of these games with smaller developers that are all really great. I and mean the fucking
1: Hades ran away with everything last Hades, year. Yeah. But
0: that's the opposite that's kind of the opposite of what I'm talking about. Maybe it's, this is a bad example because Hades was like the clear front runner. I don't know that there is one. Yeah this year like i took a guess at inscription and metroid dread being our our final two that i guess i feel pretty confident about but like there's so much shit out there like there are so many very very good games out there and so it's not anymore like you go into the goatee process and you're like oh it's gonna be it's going to be dishonored like for sure this year it's got to be dishonored because that game was so incredibly good it's it's not that's predictable and that's exciting, but it also makes me feel like I have missed out on half of the good games this year because there's a lot of them
2: yeah it yeah. might be unique to this year it's definitely been a year for sort of a lot of yeah like you said there's kind of a lot of diffusion there isn't just one you know yeah.
1: consensus pick uh, among pretty much every game that came out should we jump into honorable mentions real quick yeah let's do it. let's let's do them so I want to talk about a game It is called Archvale it Will be out by the time this episode releases. It's not quite out yet. It's out December second uh, on Switch and I think cons- other consoles as well, Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, Archfail is basically yeah, it's funny. Griffin's writing Binding of Isaac. It is it is <laughs> like a much more approachable version of what Binding of Isaac is trying to do because it is a it is a like a bullet hell top down action shooter but with RPG mechanics, so you can actually grind your way to like getting more powerful and finding new loot and leveling yourself up to the point where a lot of those games, games like Nuclear Throne or Enter the Gungeon or Binding of Isaac, are roguelikes where you die and you start from scratch and it can be very discouraging. Archfail is like a straight-up traditional RPG with those me- gameplay mechanics, but without needing to like Start from scratch. Like you are actually, there's like a power curve and you're leveling up. And it's simple, but I also think it's a very um good way to sort of approach that genre if you've been intimidated by it in the past. Uh, very cute, like pixel art graphics, um, good soundtrack, very chill. Allows for um same system co-op if you're interested in doing that. But uh yeah, I, I've been digging it. I it's uh just kind of a surprise. I wasn't expecting it, but I uh, watched the trailer and was like, oh, this looks cool. And uh, so, yeah, that's called Archvale.
0: Is it just on Steam or is it on other stuff?
1: You can definitely play it on Steam and uh, Switch and probably other platforms as well, but I'm not entirely sure. Nice. I played it on Switch and it ran great for what it's worth.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, I've just been playing more Binding of Isaac. Damn it. I've mostly just been, that game has challenges uh, that I don't think I recognized the past times I've tried to get into the game where there's like a specialty build that you have and then you have to reach a certain checkpoint in order to unlock permanently like a new item that will appear. And some of the items are like incredibly powerful. Yeah. So it really behooves you to like jump into those challenges even when they're like super annoying. Uh, Speaking of, I have been trying to beat for most of the past week uh, a challenge called Solar System. Oh, God. Where you can't shoot tears you have no way of like dealing weapon uh damage in the traditional sense you just have these two orbital flies oh, wow. that circle around you and it's your only way of dealing damage is to like move in a way that your flies run into enemies uh and it's an it's a really different way of playing the game and i can't stop trying to beat this one challenge uh and like i've made it to the final boss and and Oof. fucked up and got killed and uh it's 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 so punishing but I can't stop trying because I feel like this this grim determination that only like the best games can seem to coax out of me.
1: Griffin um, have you tried uh, co-op at all with maybe I don't
0: No, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it on Switch.
1: Yeah, so you just if you're in like the starting area of a run you just hit start on a second controller.
0: Oh, That's it. okay. Oh, um, interesting.
1: I mentioned it it's a, obviously as you know it's a very hard game. I would not immediately suggest it for, like, a small child. But you, there's there's a couple ways to play it. You can play it with, like, just, like, a little ghost character that <laughs> follows you around. Yeah. That might be doable although the themes are a little bit dark yeah first. i was gonna say at uh, the other day henry actually like leaned over my shoulder and
0: was like what is this and i was like uh-oh uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it in a few years <laughs> yeah but i was battling a big poop boss and that he liked he liked that a sure, lot sure yeah sure uh, but then i got a devil deal and it gave me this power-up that let me like shoot out rifts that suck enemies in which is super powerful right Yeah, like you can clear a room so easy and safely with it but it does put like a giant glowing red hole over one of Isaac's eyes. And he saw that and he's like, turn it off, turn this off, <laughs> turn this off. And so I turned it off. He's like, I don't want to play that. He was cute. And then he got super scary. And I was like, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. not really a solve for that. Every random item has the potential to be horrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you,
2: Kurt? I am back playing a game called Wilder Myth, which I'm actually not sure. Did you guys talk about this on the show? Or have I? We haven't had it? a
1: dedicated episode about it, but it is definitely coming. I think it's plants... If not number one, it's very high up. So it's definitely gonna come up again during game of the year. This game feels like a deep cut to me, only in that I still don't see people
2: talk about it. I don't think it got a single nomination at the game awards. And it's, which is crazy now that I've played. I'm, you know, I've only played a few hours of it, but I'm coming back to it now because I really want to get even farther. The more you play this game, the more rewarding it is. And it's so interesting and good and fascinating. This game, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a sort of a procedural narrative generation slash tactics role-playing game where you tell the story of a group of heroes largely through, you know, well-written sort of modules that all fit together. And I just I've never played anything like it. I've never seen this narrative approach actually pulled off as well as it is in this game. And it's also a really fun tactics, you know, sort of grid-based tactics combat. Role-playing game, but the heart of the game is in these stories, and it's just it lets you role-play like you're playing Dungeons and Dragons with a dungeon master, like more than any game, even more in a way than Divinity: Original Sin Two, one of my favorite games of all time. But it has that same kind of energy that the, the um, Disco Elysium as well, where you just feel like there's this richness to the characters, there's an ambiguity to every situation. It's so good. It's so well written, and. I gather because your characters sort of age and grow up and have whole careers and children and then their children have whole lives and it can become this sort of this genuine epic. I'm I'm just looking forward to that like it just seems like it's going to keep going and they've got I I they have my confidence completely because the writing is so good and it's so well implemented. I'm kind of surprised I've never seen anything like it before and I'm also surprised that more people aren't talking about it. There's I guess there might be reasons why that is like the look of the game Maybe yeah, I think it's probably the visual style that might like it doesn't screenshot no, great. No, no, you wouldn't just look at it and think, oh, that's great. It looks kind of like a mobile game. But when you're playing it, I mean, it, this is another game that lives in your head, and it just it really sparks my imagination. I think it's just a wonderful a
1: wonderful game. So that's Wilder Myth, and I'm playing. Yeah, it on, I'm dying on to on play PC. more. I, I really only spent a couple hours with it and was amazed by the yeah. magic trick. But I'm dying to play more of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's really good.
1: Um, Cool. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties. We have Pirate Rock, Nevermind Sleep, Beaticles, Oort, and Billy Jackbones Jr., the third. (laughs) Thank you to all of you for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to everyone else for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. Plant is not here, so I'm going to quickly recap the games we talked about. Uh, We talked about Resident Evil 4 on VR, Deathloop, Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, the expansion pack. Metroid Dread, Death Gambit Afterlife, Forza Horizon 5, Inscription, talked a little bit about Super Auto pets, um, Delta Deltarune, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, Sable, Archvale, Binding of Isaac, Repentance, Wildermyth. a lot of I games. I think that's everything. Yeah, that's a good that list.
0: That is a lot of games. We did it. We really did it. All right, next week, we need y'all to kind of... Be flexible, because uh, next week we really want to talk about Halo, but it depends on uh, if we get it. If we get Halo, yeah, it's Halo a timing.
1: It's a timing question. We usually record the day that Halo drops. Yeah, we would need to get it early to be able to actually play it before yeah. we record. So it will.
0: It'll be next week, maybe an episode talking about how cool Halo might be. <laughs> What's uh, funny is that
1: Chris Plant will have played it because he got early code through Polygon but yeah. none of us have so he can just so, tell you about
0: it for like an hour
1: yeah that should That's be fun horrible <laughs> everyone <laughs>
0: loves listening to podcasts like that right mm-hmm uh, yeah so hey thanks for listening to the besties uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review that would be super cool of you telling a, telling a, a friend uh, go go listen to strong songs and yeah. triple click please uh, do. and and support Kirk show Kirk your support in these trying times it's a real hard time for Kirk right now Kirk where can people
1: find you busking?
0: Oh, I would say, I mean, I'm not really on Twitter anymore, but, um,
2: so really just strongsongspodcast.com, tripleclickpodcast.com. Those are the main
1: places they can find me. I wasn't using a euphemism. I expect you to be standing on the streets of Portland somewhere with a hat.
2: I haven't done much busking. There is some good jazz happening on front porches around town. So you might see me uh, someplace or another, but, but not a lot of busking these days.
0: Do you, Kirk, would you say that this podcast is the jazz of video game podcasts?
2: You know, yeah, I'd say it's kind of like a hard bop late '50s era. Mm, you know, yeah, Love I was thinking the same exact thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of the art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers of uh, video game podcasts.
0: I was, sw- I swear to God, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs>
2: there's something to it, then I think.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: There uh, are like 30 of us, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's it. So, till next time, uh, come listen again because shouldn't the world's best friends? the world's best
4: games...